Kvalet och kvalet när offerkoftan löms sticker fram Stolthetens välja ansvaret Välja känslan är fylld av stark skuld och skam Möjlighetsmanten nu flyger på Människans kraft tar ju oss då Från bäst i världen till bäst med världen Genom medvetna val Så skrivet har vi för givet Det vi har lärt är sanningen så Jante har greppet slumpen Styr skeppet att säga annat Där justitiemål Nu är vi här för att ge en ton Till intention och intuition Från bäst i världen till bäst för världen Radio medvetna val Welcome to tonight's radio show. My name is Stella Nordahl and I'm your host for this program featuring intentional decisions in organizations. 20 years from now, looking back, we will see that we were in the middle of a major shift. A shift from the paradigm that implies competition as something good and that prioritizes becoming, becoming best in the world, to a worldview that engenders being best for the world. By intentionally choosing a favorable approach and thereby conveying optimism and belief in the future, we increase our sense of hope for ourselves, for each other and for mankind. With intentional decisions we can participate in making the shift from becoming best in the world to be best for the world. Welcome, and especially welcome to today's guest, Jens Rinald. Welcome, Jens. Thank you, Stellan. So, what brought you here? <laughs> uh, what, what happened before you, you entered this room? Um, what have you done in your life, and why are you here today? Uh, why I'm here? Um, I think I'm drawn to what you describe as the shift towards being best for the world. And uh, my own story started basically when I started working and, and made work experiences that were very disengaging. And at some point I also felt, um, yeah, almost depressive actually. And I never had really an understanding of why this was. I mean, I started studying in, in, in Sweden and the Netherlands. So I was actually used to a very on eye level approach. Uh, I had very much freedom in expressing my ideas and um, yeah expressing myself in the work life but then when I entered the work and and really started working in my first job I n did not have any of those freedoms every decision I made needed to be approved by my manager so there was very classical hierarchical top-down management and it felt very limiting for my for me and I couldn't explain why this was because all what I tried to do was um, or everything I tried in that environment was uh, not seen from my manager was not heard and and so I felt very limited and um, yeah I I could not explain how this actually happened um, so at some point I left this job then and um, figured out that I was not alone 84% of the people in Europe are not fully engaged with what they're doing in their daily working life how many did you say 84 84% mm, percent. Percent. disengaged 
uh, not fully disengaged. It's like I think one third is totally disengaged and 84 or the rest is not mm. fully engaged. Okay. So they're going to work every day and then it's, yeah, <laughs> they're not actually fulfilled with what they're doing. Mm. And what happened then? Um, well, then I realized like, a lot of my friends are experiencing the same things, but nobody really talks about this. And then I couldn't find any data, I couldn't find any research online. Uh, so it was really strange um, what actually happened. Um, and then at some point, the Reinventing Organizations book from Friedrich Laloux came into my hands. And he basically explains that there are different worldviews, different sets of values that people have. And that is you can say how you look at the world um, based on those values and based on which values you have, you design an organization in a certain way. Um, and then it clicked. It made totally sense to me that I was actually coming from a, um, it is, there are different levels in, in, and worldviews described there. And, and one is a green stage that is very much community oriented uh, you focus on on so lalu uses colors to exactly to express uses colors uh, yeah those values mm. so and that green approach was very typical for sweden and the netherlands um, and when i came back to germany it was more orange which is actually uh, yeah i mean the stages are described in that more, more formal yeah it was more mm. formal more structured and then what the stages describe is the the higher or you know, the higher you go, it's you are able to deal with more complexity. So when I came back to Germany, it was actually, a, if you can say it, like a lower level of, of this uh, worldview. And there was much more structure, like you said, much more structure, structure involved, more formalities. Um, and it totally made sense. Some, suddenly I could explain what I was experiencing and so far I had no uh, words for, basically. So when you when you talk about structure, there are just various, yeah, various ways to look at structure. So it's one system, green or orange or whatever you call it. They all have structure, but they have different structures. Exactly. Mm. Um, maybe a good description would be that the the orange or even the stage before that is very mechanistic. Like you mm. describe an organization as a ma machine. Maybe we should start there. Could, could you give us a brief explanation of the uh, the <laughs> ideas that Lulu presented in this book, Reinventing Organizations? Mm -hmm. mm. So basically what he describes is, or he takes the idea from spiral dynamics. It is based on research on ego development. So as the ego develop, as you become an adult, you go basically through different stages. Um, and the more you develop, the more capable you are with dealing with complexity. So you're basically able to take uh, in more information, make uh, take in more information from your environment and take better decisions based on that. Um, and one way to describe it would be that you um, yeah, take in how you feel or maybe even intuitive uh, insights in you, the way you decide besides from rational thinking. Mm. So the orange stage is very much based on rational thinking, uh, values a lot of efficiency and effectiveness. And that is what we see in most organizations and, and companies today, right? Exactly. Mm. But previous, I mean, before the industrialization, what would the Lalu models tell us then? Um, 
I mean, before we are organized in in hierarchical structures and and uh, in um, in formal uh, orders, order structures. Mm-hmm. What happened then? I mean, what he basically says is that very much in the early stages, you have mafia-like structures. You have one strong leader that. Uh, to basically tells everybody else what they have to do and people obey to that decision because they are fearful of the leader because the leader is mostly the strongest person so mm. if if somebody else becomes stronger mm. then they naturally would take over this leadership mm. uh, role okay and and uh, he denotes them red right uh, exactly red, that uh, is the red stage and and after that we we saw the national state uh, um, occurring in at least in europe and and at that stage um, there were new organizations um, the, the national state itself mm-hmm. for instance and and also armies um, what was the is it like amber or what is the exactly color? amber is the color of of mm-hmm. the next stage um, and there um you don't have so strong leaders anymore, but you have more... The f- breakthrough is basically that you have structures, that you have uh, the capability to plan for the long-term future and thereby establish more formal roles. And people, compared to this previously stage, because they it basically builds up on that stage, they are quite happy with having a certain role in an organization. You're more or less born into a, a, a role. Right, mm-hmm. like in in, in uh, if, if you're a king, you are a king, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and if you're a pe- pleasant, then then you're a peasant. Mm. Still, you have also the opportunity to you know climb up the hierarchical le- letter if you uh, perform well. Um, in, in the orange uh, gray uh, state, right? Not not in the amber. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That would be the next stage. Mm. Yeah, and, and just for for the listeners to to. Um, to clear here, um, a couple of years ago, I actually also came in, in touch with this uh, interesting model from uh, Frederick Laloux. And I had two stu- students at that point um, that were studying at the Lund, uh, Techn- yeah, the, the Lund um, University. And um, they made a study on a company that I was involved in. And they, they got over this book. <laughs> and at that point, I realized that the, a major shift from from this amber state with those formal hierarchies and to the orange state, we still have those hierarchies, was that this this was the first time that you could actually reach every level in, in if we have a company today, you can actually get CEO mm-hmm. after a while. But the problem is at the same time that you build in politics. You have uh, a new feature coming in that wasn't there before because you were actually born into a certain level and then, <laughs> yeah, why question it? <laughs> when you're already there so um okay so, so looking at, at this you said that sweden were much like the next state uh, which would be the green mm-hmm. um, what what characterizes a green level in in Lalu's model mm-hmm. so the green stage is basically characterized by the sense of community so you value people you value feelings a lot you value being in and and what happens in that stage is also that you reject the previous stage the orange stage where it's a lot on on doing uh, hustling and, and and you know like i said climbing the hierarchical ladder so now you're more focusing on okay well-being engaging people um yeah treating people well in the work environment um and so value-based, more or less. Yeah, you could say value-based uh, organization. Mm. 
so does it end there? <laughs> no, it doesn't, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, Lalua has, has idea that he presents. Uh, this is 2014, right? When did you come up with this book? Um, I think 2016, mm. something like this. Yeah. And what he basically presented in, in this book was that he connected the, these stages to how you design an organization. That was the first thing. And the second thing is that he basically described a new kind of organization that is already emerging and, and he did case studies all around the world. Um, and he calls that stage the teal stage, which is classified by evolutionary purpose, mm. um, wholeness and self-management. Mm. So that is values basically that haven't been there before. Mm. And um, uh, well, what, what happens then after that stage? <laughs> I think that is where so far most of the theory uh, ends basically mm. so um, this is in front of what we know today about how organizations emerge and mm -hmm. how they are designed and how they are run uh, okay so um thinking about the situation that you were in 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 the company you were hired by you were actually in the front line of the existing paradigm <laughs> i would say if if you got high up in, in the hierarchical level you at some point thought you could um decide and then you realize there is another boss above <laughs> me so um, how, how did you de deal with that and did you just quit the job or what happened um yeah i mean when i when i first got my job i was basically also in that mindset i i want i was, I was working in a small consultancy so i i really liked having a own car you know all the all the fancy tools a laptop cell phone but then I realized the work I'm doing is not fulfilling me. So there was this feeling of there's a void inside of me, an emptiness. So mm. even though I had all those material possessions, I still felt there was something missing. Mm. So and and I was totally confused because I was not sure like how much can I tolerate. This is my first job, so mm. I didn't have anything compared no to references. No, exactly. No. My friends were also in the same position, so. Uh, yeah mm. and then at some point i realized well was this your really 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 first job or did you work already when you were, uh, were at school or at university or i mean i had some side jobs uh mm. next to the studies and, and my school but that does, i wouldn't count but you it couldn't really it. tell if this was to be or not to be no exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah so that when it was really my L first looking job. back uh, from the position that you are today you know a little bit more about how people arrange and, and uh, organize themselves and, and also how organizations tell people stuff and stuff what would you say about your own situation back then was it within what is okay or was it out of bounds <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's a tough question because at that point i didn't knew anything else so i thought it was okay mm. um, but when i really listened to myself and inside myself i figured out that well there is something missing even though i couldn't describe what it was and and, and where could i find it but mm. there was still something that was not satisfying me fully you were longing for something more exactly yeah mm. uh, you described it um, just when you started the program and i wrote something here uh, it seemed that you were not you said that you were not alone in, in some sense because of those 84 84 <laughs> percent yes not engaged mm, fully engaged I mean, okay and at the same time totally alone yeah isn't that an interesting uh, thing yeah, to that say? that was what struck me so much because when i talked to friends and 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 
everybody around me, even my parents that, you know, gave me advice of what I should do. They were like, well, you know, that is how it is. Just mm. accept it. And then and, and, you, you were know, supposed to go accept. to work mm. and then, well, how much suffering is Prob okay. Probably people are listening uh, right now. Um, some of them are, are maybe in a situation like you were back then. Mm. Uh, could you give some advice? What, I mean, what advice would you have give, given to yourself? Uh, I mean, your parents g gave you advices and, and your friends did and so on. But if, if Jens of today would give Jens of uh, 2015 or 14 an advice, <laughs> what, what would that be? I mean, the advice I would give is, is to understand what is really go happening. So understand, like, is, is the situation you're in making you happy? Mm. And, and what is maybe... Uh, in that situation making you not happy is it the boss that you know doesn't give you any freedom to express yourself so really narrow it down mm -hmm. and then uh, yeah believe in yourself believe in if you don't feel that is the right thing for you then go and do something else try mm -hmm. to change it if it doesn't if you cannot change it then leave it and then find something else that more fulfills you mm -hmm. Okay, um, Jens, before you came here, uh, we asked you to to think of some songs that would in some sense uh, characterize mm -hmm. you or your ideas or whatever, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you chose three, and one of them is um, Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. Could you please tell us some of it before we listen to it, or do you want us to play it first and then... No, I mean, I thought about a lot about which song to, uh, songs to choose, but I think... Man in the Mirror definitely represents for me that whatever change we want to make in the world, we have to start with our selves first. So mm -hmm. I couldn't blame my boss anymore. I couldn't blame the environment I was in, the, the company I worked for. I had to blame myself to not take action. Do, do, do you have to blame yourself? That's a question I have. Uh, probably not blame. Maybe blame is the yeah. right word. You, you the can think word. about it while we listen to, to Michael Jackson <laughs> singing Man in the Mirror. Well, welcome back to the radio show. Tonight I'm sitting here um, talking, uh, having an interesting dialogue with Jens Rinelt. Uh, Jens, uh, for the new listeners, um, just before we yeah, started this song, Man in the Mirror, you told us a little bit about it. You told me that <laughs> you shouldn't blame anyone else. You should blame yourself, you said. <laughs> should you really blame yourself? I mean, maybe blaming is not the right word, but what I mean is taking responsibility because... I mean, I cannot put the responsibility to anybody else than me. And, and that is also what the song represents for me, that if we really want to make a change in whatever environment, and maybe even in world and society, we need to start in our own backyard. I need mm. to look in the mirror and then change with myself. Mm. Yeah, I definitely agree on that. What I, what I, <laughs> what I don't agree on is taking blame <laughs> within that context. No. So, um, Okay, so taking responsibility, maybe without blame, without guilt, could that be possible? Yeah, I mean, I did basically uh, do that in, in the past, and that, that was, now I see that it was not very helpful for me. That was not a yeah, healthy choice I made towards mm. myself, because I was criticizing myself for being in that environment, even 
um, yeah, there shouldn't be any yeah, criticizing. I, I would say when I'm looking on, on what I've done the last 10 years, I'm working with both uh, leadership and, and uh, work engagement and, and a lot of teams, I would say that is probably one of the worst things to do, to put blame on yourself. And But take responsibility. <laughs> that is something fantastic. Uh, so what, what can you do in a work environment uh, on a personal level, would you say? I mean, depending on wherever you are, you can, you always have a choice. Um, the thing is that we are mostly in an environment that doesn't give us the choice or we are in an environment that where we are daily engaged in habits that mm. tell us we don't have a choice. So at some so, point so we actually habit, believe yeah. that we don't have a choice anymore. So the habits are limiting us. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and another thing I would say is also uh, being low on resources makes you victimize yourself yeah that was basically the the result of of the mm. criticizing myself because i didn't see how how to yeah you <laughs> criticize yourself and on, on top of that you you were in a working environment you, you, that didn't see you mm-hmm. for what you could accomplish and then again you blame yourself and <laughs> yeah so it, it was like a, a mm. downward spiral mm. and that led to the point where i said like well i mean if i do this one more day I probably kill myself mm. and that is like what i said before where at that point i realized also like if it's that bad then i shouldn't be in that environment anymore there's mm. something wrong okay so the people that were in this environment together with you i mean your boss and so on what would you say concerning those people yeah maybe they just didn't know better mm. and i mean again i, I don't want to if I don't want to blame myself, I also don't want to blame anybody else. But mm-hmm. I think that a general awareness of, of what we talked about before, how you design an organization, that you have a choice as an individual, I think there is not much awareness about this. Mm. Uh, and what choices can you make on an individual level, would you say? I mean, like I said before, you can always ask yourself, is that situation something you would like to change? If you cannot change it for whatever reason then you can leave it or you can try to find something else mm. um, so, basi- so basically what you say is change it if you can't change it leave it yes so okay uh, couldn't you be like a lot of people actually do this choice uh, the third one they stay there what happens then would you say i mean i i see can only see it in, in 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 what i described the downward spiral for myself so every day i went there i felt less engaged uh, every day i went there i felt more depressed mm. so Dispowered. Mm. yeah you lost your own uh, sen- i lost my resources like mm. you said and mm. okay <laughs> so um then, then we have a little problem here because if we're in a downward spiral we probably won't see that i have this choice and not seeing the choice would also, um, yeah, I wouldn't say make it impossible because you don't even have the choice. So if you don't feel or, or uh, are aware of that you have a choice, you just continue in the, in the same spiral. So downwards, 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 as, as you, mm-hmm. you were in. You were in a starting point, maybe. I don't know how, how, how long were you in this spiral, would you say? I mean, it took me more than a year, actually, or roughly around a year to to quit the job. 
mm. and to get out of this uh, mm. environment. But I mean, I knew this maybe after like two or three months already that it was not the right thing to do. But then again, I was concerned about the gap in my CV and, and you know, <laughs> what would my mm. parents, my friends say mm. if I just quit the first job after two months and then, you know, social conventions mm. that I was running against, mm. basically. So not only the habits, not only the lack of resources, but also um, the view on, on what you should do and on what you shouldn't do, mm -hmm. the conventions you, you told me. So, okay, wh what would you say if we did, if we do, let's say that we have a choice to design new conventions then, mm -hmm. what would a good convention then be? Looking at, on a, at the working environment? Yeah, I mean, giving people a choice, mm. um, telling them very transparently what is going on, what is happening, um, And then letting people decide for themselves, is that something they want to engage in? Um, you can take that even to the extreme and say, I'm as a manager, don't give any advice or to any people anymore, to my employees anymore. Mm -hmm. I just let them do whatever they feel like is meaningful and what they believe is the right thing to do right now. Um, and then we can have a dialogue about so why do you want to do this, what did you do now, and, and then we can together reflect on what happened. And out of this, people will learn. Mm. And of course, during that journey, people will make mistakes or, you know, some things will not go the way they planned for, but that is, again, a learning opportunity. And if you don't provide that space for people to make that learning experience... But at the same time, uh, you're supposed to climb the ladder in the hierarchical system, Uh, could you do that with um, transparency? Mm. I'm not sure. I mean, probably you can climb that ladder if you know better, you know, like you said, mm. the, how to use politics, how to use your, your you skills. Know, I don't know how much you know about my background, but I'm, I'm still engaged in, in the Swedish army as an army officer, uh, captain's grade. And One of the ideas uh, the, are there to be very hierarchical. Uh, I would say it works, uh, but there is also a huge level of freedom. So, at that, at, at least at that point, where I was in, in that system the most, I was able to be fully engaged. Uh, but at the same time, there was a formal hierarchy. But I would also say that there was another system that had been before that the. Um, When I got engaged in, in the Swedish army, they uh, well the Swedish army had left that, and that was the specialists' uh, ladder. You you could also have a parallel ladder, but that that, that we took away, um, which I think it was a pity, because a lot of people need to. Well, not everyone wants to climb a hierarchical ladder. They want to, to climb a, a specialist ladder, mm. and. Um, Even if you're not climbing, you had a lot of freedom within a, a scope or within a, a certain assignment or whatever it was. So uh, I would say it could be accomplished. I mean, I think what we should also emphasize is that it's always the individual choice. Mm. I cannot make the decision for you. If you feel very comfortable in, in that environment and that is what you want, and, and it is, I mean, the every... I just read an interesting quote that every um, system is designed to create the result uh, it is designed for. Mm -hmm. So 
I mean, if that yeah. is what you want yeah. mm. out of this, uh, then it's totally fine mm. for you. Mm. And what I want to say is that every system has basically a purpose that mm. it is designed for. Mm. Um, so let's say that we have designed organizations during the last hundred years. Now, in 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 the model you presented, the Lalu model, uh, orange, uh, there is a possibility, of course, of of yeah feeling good and and doing well and but also we also seen the backsides of it and then then you say that you went to sweden because there were <laughs> there were uh, new types of organizations that arose that were uh, in in this model called green it was a little bit more about values value based and so on how do you organize a value based organization um i mean sweden is generally more on the green level so it was not a surprise that the ideas were also represented in uh, yeah in the organizations that were present here um how do you organize a value based organization is that you make decisions based on the values you put up so for example if you say employee well-being is very important to you then you will put everything that you do under this value and it translates into or should translate at least into every um decisions you take in the organizations in the organization Mm, so that's a leading star. Mm. Yeah, basically, it is mm. the guiding decision-making mm. uh, foundation. Okay, so let's say that the values then are the guiding principles. Do you organize in the same way? You can still organize in in the same way. Yeah. Mm. Um, what mostly happens is that you are go a little bit way away from from the hierarchy, where you go more to a flat organization or project-based, project-based mm. matrix organization, mm. where you try to combine the, the competences you have in an organization around certain projects or, yeah, you, you don't go, you know, One I way. talk mm. to my boss, so you, my boss can talk to your boss and your boss talks to you. So if I want to mm-hmm. <laughs> know something from you, then I talk to you. Mm. And that is something that informally happens in actually every organization mm. so what what basically happens here is that the structure is the both the informal and the formal structure <laughs> instead of having one formal structure called hierarchical mm. and then an informal uh, called politics mm. okay so i understand uh, then how, how do you navigate there uh, i mean having um, a common value uh, you must also know about your own values i guess exactly and then that is what i believe is happening in in such environments if you become part of such an environment you are naturally drawn to reflect upon so what is like you said what is my value here how do i like the things that are done how how do i like the structure that i face how do i like um, the way we lead meetings for example or how are meetings held Um, so i always have to reflect back on how is that affecting me and then how is that representing my values but what you say right now is there there's a little conflict coming up in in my head here and Mm -hmm. that is um if it's value-based and you're also supposed to know your own values but at the same time the organizations that we know today a lot of the development tools they are focusing uh, more or less on on how you behave (laughs) <laughs> and and what you do instead of what what you value mm-hmm. yeah i mean that is i think the the challenge is that or most of the tools we have created are like you said from this 
industrial time and then now we're entering a new area where we enter uh, how can I say that we enter also different kind of work so where we enter a more complex environment which is more about knowledge creating information creating information sharing and that is a different task that yeah. is required and I, I would also say that various types of knowledge not not the only knowledge that we were taught in school uh, which was defined in a in a book maybe more on how to find your values mm. uh, a competence based on uh, working with others together and um, yeah, yeah a lot a lot of competences that we didn't need earlier on in I the mean, organizations maybe we needed them i don't know but Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an evolution happening. And then, mm. like you're suggesting, the tools we still use, they are not representing the full spectrum of what is actually possible. So mm. they are only part of the whole picture. So mm. we need to add there some dimensions, some layers, or, or maybe even come up with complete new tools that are now fitting the work task we're in, the environment we are now facing. Could we together give some tips about uh, tools for organizations that are more value-based than only formal hierarchy? Hmm. Do you have any suggestions here? I mean, what is a very greenish approach is, is definitely uh, art of hosting, uh, mm. the conversations that matter, mm. um, where you try to involve as many people, engage as many people in how you lead a meeting in where you try to really tap into the organization in the collective intelligence of yeah the knowledge of everybody in the organization so for for people who haven't heard this before that out of hosting is a, a kind of a guiding principles for for meetings and uh, for for hosting events and, mm -hmm. and uh, co-creation and st stuff like that and within out of hosting you can find techniques that are called open space world cafe and so on Exactly. And they are based on, on together. Mm. Okay. So just Google. <laughs> That's what we <laughs> very often say. Yeah, Google. It's, yeah, it's for everyone. Uh, I mean, it's, there it's are not so hard to find. It's, it's there are so many alternatives out there or so many different approaches coming up right now. So that is only what I can, can encourage everybody to do to, you know, open your eyes. Look mm. what is out there. What alternatives yeah, are there? I, first time I, I um, experienced an open space um, workshop was not that many years ago, maybe four or five years ago. And I was amazed. And the interesting thing was that it had It was presented to the world already in the 80s, <laughs> in the mid-80s or something. So it's been on the market for a while. Uh, it took some time to, to find it. I mean, mm. I can even give you examples from the 60s where people wrote books about human-centric organizations. And that is basically what we're talking about now. Mm. And now, 50 years later, we finally slowly start implementing those ideas. Mm. Maybe we are ready for it now and maybe we need to do it now. I don't know. Mm. Uh, okay, so green, you say, is the label, and I would call it value-based, or values are, are a very interesting uh, thing here. Um, about finding your own values, um, it could be done in a, in a workshop co called Open Space, of course, but it could also be made in, in various ways. H how do you find your values? What would you say? Mm, I mean, how I did it is over time with a lot of reflection self-awareness uh, personal topic of personal development is, is booming right now i mean you can find basically 
a workshop on anything you want to find about out about yourself yeah. out there. Um, so, but I think self-awareness and, and self-reflection is a great tool and looking again in the mir- the man in the mirror like how did I behave what do I really value what what do I like and what interests me and how can I bring in now more of this awareness and knowledge into my daily doing mm-hmm. when I'm thinking about personal values I very often I think that knowing about them makes me not having to prioritize on things I don't know the answer to. For instance, before I, I was aware of my personal values, I could prioritize on, on things that actually brought me in, in the wrong direction because I thought it was important. Um, but you're, you're actually, the values are a higher level of prioritizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, or whatever you can call it. Okay, so um, finding yourself in, in, a, in a green organization then, how do you move forward? I mean, development tools, Uh, you, you told us about uh, workshop methodology. Um, how, how do business development, what, what, how does it look in, in the green paradigm? I mean, what is interesting for every stage is that there is a momentum when you do too much of the same things. Mm. So, for example, in, in the green stage, you have very long meetings, but at the end, you have listened to everybody in the room, but you didn't achieve any result. So mm. that gets at some point very counterproductive for, mm. for running a sustainable business. Mm. Um, so what happens then is that you, if you become aware of this, that you try again, find different alternatives, different solutions, mm. and you... That is the, the, yeah, you enter the shadow side and out of these um, not so nice things, you you try to look for alternatives. Mm. And then teal could be alternative. So if you're listening or watching this uh, stream right now and uh, you find yourself in a green organization and, and you, you you think that maybe we're talking too much <laughs> and do too, too, <laughs> too little, uh, it could be time for, for you to, to move into a teal organization. Mm-hmm. And um, before we talk about the teal, uh, you have more songs with you. <laughs> uh, should, should we listen to the second one? Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about the next song. I mean, that is basically the, the first kind of song I heard when I came to Sweden. And uh, it represents for me that everything is possible mm-hmm. if you just dare to you know, leave the conventions behind, break free from the environments we are in and follow our own Uh, feelings and intuition so shall we introduce it do you want me or you to introduce it you can go okay so uh, <laughs> why i wanted you to do it i, I know how to, to say this uh, the last name here but frankie valley yeah i Is think that, that right? was pretty good mm-hmm. greece okay here we go <laughs> Welcome back. This is uh, Stellan Nordahl, your host for tonight's radio show. And with us in the studio, we have Jens Rinald. Jens, we're talking about intentional decisions in organizations, right? Mm -hmm. So we talked a little bit about how you ended up here today, (laughs) uh, your own story about uh, being part of the ordinary work Um, environment or workplace um, you also told us a little bit about how you felt alone and at the same time there were a lot of people like you in your situation that exactly. didn't really uh, 
I wouldn't say fit in. I would say, I don't know what to say, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How can we describe it for the new listeners? <laughs> Maybe they know somehow that there is more possible, more in the way of like more fulfilling that something is missing in, in the way we work r- right now. Mm. But they are not aware of what, what is what is this new way. Mm. So what you say is uh, like you feel disengaged. You feel that you also have a potential, mm. but you can't let that out. And very often you blame yourself. Yeah, and, and the system you are in basically tells you that you are you don't have that potential so much anymore. You are because every day you're you you are told not to use it basically. Mm-hmm. And then so every, if you can I believe if you really listen towards your own voice, listen inside yourself, you feel somehow that there is something not mm-hmm. right. Or maybe it is, and then, then you're up in the perfect environment. That is also possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last week uh, we had uh, a guest here uh, in the show, uh, Dennis Westerberg, who um, was here when the theme was about intentional decisions in thoughts. And one intent could be, or one decision you could make, is is that you you don't really value your thoughts as being real. More, and then then you could see that blaming yourself is just a thought, and you don't have to, yeah, hmm. well, I say act on it. <laughs> uh, believe that, that, it yeah. yeah, believe it. More or less believe it. And that's one way of, of, of dealing with stuff, of course. And um, uh, Dennis have posted a, posted a question for you. So he, he has a question here. You talked earlier about uh, you giving a, advice to yourself in in the previous state you, that you were in for a couple of years ago. And then Dennis he, he wrote uh, here, Uh, from Dennis to Jens, here's the question. What advice would you never give to an, another human? <laughs> I mean, uh, first I, I would like to take a small reflection on, on, on what you say with the thoughts. And then I, I think I understand what he means with, especially if you have a lot of negative thoughts, so I can totally relate to, to that situation. You shouldn't maybe listen too much and putting too much value on thoughts. But at the same time, I believe that this is also telling us something. If I have disengaging and, and very self-critical thoughts all the time, maybe I'm doing something that, is, that I'm not supposed to do. So maybe I can use this and listen and not engage with it, but use it as a guidance towards, okay, what so kind is... kind of an inner compass. Inner mm-hmm. compass, exactly. So, and I mean, the advice I can give to people is... Not, not. Uh, yeah. They will never give to another. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. that is also something that... I cannot give any advice basically to anybody. Mm. You need to come up with an advice for yourself, like follow your own guidance, like your own inner compass. Mm. The so, only thing so I can can say uh, is that there are, I see three options. If you're in a situation that you're not fully happy and, and engaged with is accept it, so love it, or change it, or leave it. Mm. So accept it means uh, a better way to, to put it, to love it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then embrace the situation. Yeah, find some meaning in it. Maybe mm. it, it helps you to to understand what, what, how is your job actually contributing to your colleague, um, mm. and and that can give you already some meaning. So you find something mm. positive in in mm. in what you're doing. So what you say is to answer Dennis' question is you can never give an advice to another per- person. Yeah. Mm. 
Not, not that they can act on, at least. I mean, follow your own intuition. That is mm. the only thing I can say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so hope, hope you're listening, Dennis. Uh, <laughs> you just got an answer to your question. Okay, so just before the, the, the last song here, we were talking about finding yourself in a work environment where values are valuable. <laughs> and where you value the way you look at the world and what is important for you and we also yeah we saw that the backside of it could be that you were so much into talking that you never produced and and that could be uh, the shadow side of, of a value-based organization uh, so the next step you, we talked a little bit about it before teal or self-organization mm-hmm. what can you do to self-organize within an organization is it even possible i mean it's absolutely possible uh, i work at least in two companies that are self-organized mm-hmm. and it's uh, fantastic i mean but that is also something because i value this um, mm-hmm. so what you can do is um, normally you have a purpose now as a guiding principle or as a guiding star for making decision okay could, could a purpose be putting money into my pocket that could definitely be a purpose Hmm. But that's probably only me. I who will, who will engage in that one. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. I mean, I would hmm. probably not be completely satisfied because, hmm. of course, money is a valuable uh, aspect, aspect hmm. of aspect. of doing business. But hmm. maybe it's not the only aspect, or there are more. I see at least more layers to it than hmm. than just making money. How do you find your purpose then, or the organization? How do you we can start with the, the with the person. How do a human being find his or her purpose? What would you say? I mean, I thought about this a lot, and um, I think most of the people, or for for, let's put it like this. I think it's a good way to identify also what it, what you don't want. So try mm. out as many things as possible and see what resonates with you. Mm. Um, for me, it was the sudden pain that I experienced in in the work environment that made me realize, I mean, it's something that happened on the outside, like the work environment, but it triggered something so deep in me and so, yeah, on a, such a deep level that mm. it touched really on my core values and my essence of who I am I. And, and it, therefore, I'm also very thankful and, and grateful for making this experience because it showed me who am I and, and what do I really want to bring into this world. And now I'm I'm on this path and and um, following this um, essence of who am I? Mm. Uh, okay, so so unfortunately for most people that find their purpose, mm. it is a very painful experience. Mm. If you're wondering what's happening right now, we have a train here <laughs> outside uh, passing by. Uh, maybe it's a train to the future. Who knows? <laughs> uh, okay, so one way would be finding obstacles or where, where it aches or whatever it is. Have you ever tried another one? I, um, I came over a question a couple of years ago. Uh, I want to see what you say about it. Uh, the question is posed to yourself. Uh, and when you post the question, uh, you have to be prepared for what it triggers in you. Mm-hmm. And the question Asking is... Asking yourself a question is a very great way of... Uh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. It's quite fantastic. You have a conversation with yourself. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so here is the question. I want to know what my purpose is. Or I want to know what I want. And if you really believe in the question, things is going to happen. 
and uh, you, so you have to prepare yourself that you get the answers uh, or, or you so that's another way of of doing it also hmm. and post, i think that is a, this question yeah. maybe also leading already to to yeah the the topic of tea we are talking about that if you ask such a question and and sit in 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 silence or meditative state um you will find the answer and not maybe on a rational cognitive base or uh, it will come somewhere you know if it's from your heart if, if it's from your gut or mm. even from your higher self whatever you want to call it um it is more an intuitive insight into so what do i really want to know okay so now we're talking about intuition and intuitive side and if if you find yourself in in um I mean, I mean, very often I see that the organization and, and the level of consciousness within the organization is one thing, and the and the person and the level of consciousness uh, for this person is one thing. Um, I would say that maybe you find yourself in an organization that doesn't value those things, and that makes them say, "No, it doesn't work." But you say, "Yeah, it can work mm -hmm. if if you have find another context." So, how? I mean, of course, you can always Google stuff and stuff. But can can we actually look at companies? What, do we have any examples of of organizations and companies that that are living those per, um, principles already? I mean, there are actually quite a few, and and they are also not that small. Uh, I mean. We are part of Ambrogate, for example, They're just a newly founded company that here is based here in Sweden. It's a consulting network that looks at an organization as a living organism. It's organized in cells, so people have the freedom to do whatever they want. But there are also bigger companies in the US, for example, Morningstar. They're completely self-organized and they have... I think they only have two principles and, and one of them is you cannot force anything on anybody. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you really, you know... Uh, you, can't, you can't advise anyone. You can't force anything on anyone. <laughs> no, <laughs> fantastical principles here. <laughs> um, also, Sapos, the um, I think it's a delivery company. Mm. They have uh, I think a couple of thousand employees actually, and mm. they are also self-organized. Mm, okay, so uh, we have examples within yeah within uh, almost every. Um, branch. Or yeah, different different industries. I mean, th th that is also one argument I often hear that, well, that is a nice concept, but it doesn't work, you know, in a, in a restaurant. Mm. And of course, in a restaurant, you have maybe certain steps you follow, you know, the food has to go from, from the kitchen to the table at some point, and somebody has to do it. Yeah, otherwise, it could be that... Uh, The ones eating, they could do enter the kitchen. Maybe I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you know, kidding, you can come kidding. up with a lot of things, yeah, and yeah. then, mm. but you can also maybe. What I'm trying to say mm. is that autonomy, which mm. is autonomy, is an interesting thing. Then, yeah, mm. yeah you mm. give people autonomy about how they would like to do it, and maybe they don't have so much choice about what they're actually doing because, like I said, you know, mm. they have to do a certain task, but then they maybe have autonomy when they want to do it. So you mm. give the team autonomy to come up with their own schedule of mm. so when do i want to work or oh, i can't work on friday can you work on friday for mm. me mm. and we can you know so arrange that without a supervisor uh, telling mm. us when we need to work so what you basically say is that there are there are ways to experience those principles even if you can't do it in a certain specific work task yeah mm? that's a good one okay so 
now right now we have found ideas that have taken this dialogue from from organizations which we maybe none of us ever have been a part of uh, we, we you call them uh, the red ones i don't know you had some yeah one small yeah, leader mafia and mafia. okay okay like mm. and then we talked about those amber uh, the organizations that were classical uh, classical uh, hierarchical hi- and um, governments or the yeah. army mm, the army mm. and then we realized that as the industrialization came up we needed more efficiency within the organizations and a new type of organizations arose those we call the orange ones that are former hierarchical but but you can always strive for a higher position and and you can uh, grow within that uh, organization mm, it's the most corporate style companies that mm. we or most of the companies that we have today work in mm-hmm. that uh, And, and environment. If, if we just pause there for a while, uh, if we at the same time look at the world as we know it today, um, we know that what, what Lalu actually says is also that every con- uh, well, every level of consciousness or, or the, the society at that level creates the organization it's, that it's needed, mm-hmm. the, uh, the need for. So if we just pause there and we look at the world as it looks like right now we have a lot of external discs that are not seen you can order things on internet and you you could check the the box for um, free delivery (laughs) and it ends up like plastics in in the indonesia i don't know where (laughs) so there are external discs that aren't seen uh, and we know that people like you yourself experienced this a couple of years ago that Okay, I, I'm. I feel disengaged. I, I don't fully live my potential. I, I can give more to the world, to the company, and to myself. And we have a lot of things that aren't really efficient any longer. And we have new ways to organize. We have talked about the green, the value-based organizations, and now we have talked about for a while the self-organized. Uh, we have seen them for a while, at least ten years, maybe longer. I don't know. First. I mean, Morningstar must have a lot of <laughs> yes behind them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So if we find ourselves in a self-organized organization for a while, then, and I would guess that the shadow side of that will be the best self-organizing company to self-organize. So in some sense, we we get a shadow of that also uh, at some point. So what would then would you say? be the next step what 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 can we see what type of organizations can come the mm-hmm. next coming 10 15 years i think first of all is it's not a competition anymore that that you had like before that you compete now you know to be the best self-organized company in the world but you are actually collaborating more it is more working together and and you have organizations where you form cells or uh, projects um, with people inside the organization but maybe also people outside of the organization gig economy to Mm. throw a buzzword here Um, so where do you draw the line of where the organization ends and where the next begins here and Mm, that is gets very blurry Mm. Um, so what is The theory is basically also saying um, spiral dynamics. Um, there is a, always a pendulum going on between the individual and the group. So, um, like I said, the green is very much a community-based um, 
um, so very we focused um, organizational type and then you go into into teal where it's mostly on the individual basis people identify their purpose they realize okay i have a calling now and and i want to make this real without much ego involvement and you know work for what is best for the world uh, on a yeah work for the higher good mm. so what then the next stage could be um, is the turquoise stage where you move into the we space again so that means you get into um, yeah. some kind of a new we it's a new we it's a uh, tapping i would say tapping into consciousness together so the meditative states the intuitive insights you get um, mm. for example doing meditation you do it now together as a group so that mm. could mean you go um, into a meeting room and you start the meeting with presencing yourself do a short meditation on um, calming everybody down uh, landing in the same space and then you tap into what is emerging you make sense of You use the intuition to, to find yeah, what is... Yeah, and you use that mm. together because the energy of everybody in the room tells you something and then we are, of course, we're experiencing the same thing individually um, as a person, but at the same time, we have access to the knowledge of everybody in the room um, Yeah, that is um, tapping into the consciousness right now. Uh, for this radio show, we have this jingle in, 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 the, in the little song in the beginning, and now it's in Swedish only, so for the international listeners or viewers, we, we could translate a little st strophe there, and it says that value, intuition, and intent. That is, first of all, the feeling of taking the environment, the outside, in, but also taking the inside and putting an intent out. And uh, that could maybe be something. Mm -hmm. Instead of, um, I mean, I mean, when when you find yourself in, in a couple of years ago in an environment which was dictating uh, the way you should do and feel and and uh, act and believe and everything, you have moved yourself. What you also t tell us here is that you have moved yourself in this. Lalu uh, <laughs> model from this uh, orange. Uh, from above the uh, structure into the family structure of the green and into two organizations that were, you are uh, present today where you use those teal principles, mm -hmm. self-organized and wholeness and, 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 uh, and things like that. If I would uh, can make mm -hmm. an advice to somebody, then... Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> now maybe I have to do it, but it <laughs> is about advices. <laughs> about advices. But it's mm. not enough to you know just read about it and, and and learn about it and and understand it on a cognitive level. But I think what is really important is to make the experience, mm. try it out for yourself, and then real again make the experience mm. and then so see how it So if you resonates. run a business uh, and you're a little bit brave, <laughs> um, make it a teal organization, <laughs> and you, they can contact you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would mm. be happy to help. Mm. <laughs> so there are principles that you can follow, and, and there are also ideas which you can tap into, um, workshop models and, and stuff like that, but also uh, organizational structure. You told me about cells and, and, and the way you look at, at an organization, not as a machine any longer, more like a living organism with a consciousness and, and stuff like that. And that is a totally different worldview, I would say, from the ma machine like organization mm. which 
and you you talked about before like how how do I realize this how do I find my purpose and I understand that it's difficult for a lot of people to to you know just simply sit down maybe in meditation to to listen inside of yourself and and I never had heard of this you know 10 years ago and and I had no clue how to do that myself but what actually helped me is the external perspective that I gained, the work experience that I made on the external that triggered mm. something inside of me. So, so I believe mm. actually that if you design an organization that you make an intent that you want to bring in on a daily basis and create a system mm. that you know manifests that intent mm. on a daily basis, so you basically create you a connect life the, supporting yeah. environment. You, you connect what you say to what you do. Yeah, mm. but then I think it is it also triggers something in people um, and it can, you know, show the value. You you experience it, to make experience where you feel like, wow, this is something interesting. That is something that I never experienced before. Um, and why is that? And then you realize maybe it's the way we do the meeting. We do it in a different way. It's a different kind of leadership style and it, it feels more meaningful it mm. feels better to me mm. for for anyone um, throwing meetings or hosting meetings or whatever you call it um, I know that you have been working with a, um, I don't know exactly you have to tell us but liberating structures mm -hmm. could you tell us a little bit about liberating structures or oh, can we do it this way it's time for a song and then you can maybe give us some some tips about what you can do in a meeting to to liberate what is not there what is there but not present right now absolutely mm -hmm. so the next song you brought to us is baker man laid back can you tell us a little bit about the song i mean for music is for me generally a good way to calming down relaxing and and i believe you can get into a meditative state not only in meditation but through reading to listening to music and this is what this song means to me okay so here we go And welcome back. That was um, Bakerman about uh, about about a guy in in a bakery or uh, some kind of yeah. He's simply baking bread and baking bread. He's simply know, baking very bread. simple mm. lyrics. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting here with uh, Jens Rinnet. You call yourself a business humanizer. <laughs> That's a <laughs> <Yes>. cool one. <laughs> I didn't know about that title before I saw it. Uh, no, I credit myself. Mm? You know, you can do anything if you yeah, want. You can print anything <laughs> on a business card. Mm -hmm. So, um, business humanizer, Jens Rinnet, what do you do for a living? Well, I basically help organizations to create the environment they want to create. Um, we have talked about, you know, different stages of, of um, or values that are represented and how you can design an organization according to those values. But every stage or every you know value system has its purpose so people can find themselves very happy in in that environment um so what i believe is that you can create an organization based on the collective belief um and and values of the people normally you always hear the the this um saying that the organizational level of consciousness is limited to the you know level of uh, consciousness level of the leader 
But then again, if you ask yourself that question in a in a you know flat hierarchy, mm. who's the leader there? Uh, no one knows. Yeah, Everyone exactly. or nobody. <laughs> so I believe it depends a lot on on actually the values that are present in the company. So you need to listen to people who they are, meet them with compassion because every perspective they have is true. It is mm. their truth, mm. their perspective, and you can then make this conscious you can make this aware so what do we all believe in and why shouldn't we then create an environment that is expressing those beliefs because that would make us actually more you know harmonic in mm. the way we do business or organize work in our uh, in our organization and maybe you can also use tools and methods from um a development stage that is you know a little bit more complex and thereby you can trigger a little bit but then you again you need to understand where people are, are mm. and and mm. if there are if if there is momentum actually for mm. the organization and for the people in the organization to go to another stage a different mm. way of working uh, very often i've heard an argument that it says that everybody's responsibility is no one's responsibility <laughs> but that that means that What what those who uses this argument say is that if you don't know who is responsible, then uh, you, if you don't have an individual that is responsible, then no one is. But that that means, for instance, if if you and I have a relation uh, in that in that worldview, uh, you take fifty percent responsibility, and I take fifty percent responsibility, and we work together. And but the problem is, if if you fail, then I'm I'm left out with only fifty percent. So doing A distributed uh, responsibility means that you take 100% responsibility for for the for the relationship, and I take another 100%. <laughs> and <laughs> even if uh, you and I fail, maybe it's not the optimal, but it doesn't affect the way we work. No, I think it it starts that realizing that nobody else will you know value the things that you believe in as much as you do mm. so there is definitely individual responsibility mm. but then if we are working together in a project it is not me because i had the idea but if we decide to work together in a project then we are all responsible and mm. at at some days you will take the lead because you know we talk about a topic that you know best the next day i will take take the lead because now we're talking things that i know best in that uh, project and so everybody you know it's a very contextual or situational kind of leadership uh, a guy in norway called andre shervold he he, um, he actually posed this uh, ideas on, on on group development maybe 10 years ago something like that and uh, about um, high per i would say highly Uh, productive teams or highly efficient uh, teams where where we have this free flow and mm -hmm. so those are ideas that are from different fields connecting into an idea of organizational development you can organize and you can design organizations where you have a structure that corresponds to the culture and the culture could be working for what's best for the world so one of the uh, the context you, you you are in um has this purpose what would you say about such a purpose i mean it sounds very ambitious or like you know having a purpose to actually work for what is best for the world but at the same time that is the experiences i made if you set such an intent 
you know, it will manifest in some way. Mm. So maybe then have a, you know, bigger goal or bigger, you know, direction to follow because even if you will never reach that direction you will probably achieve more than if you set a very low ambition yeah and i when i when intent. i when i when i think of working for 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 something it's a direction working for best for the world means a direction mm-hmm. it means less of something and more of something else and um so uh, wherever you find yourself on this scale from i don't <laughs> know red to <laughs> to uh, green or, or, or this it's a color teal is a color someone asked here <laughs> what is teal michael who is our producer he says this thing you're talking about teal what is it it's a color <laughs> no so, but mm, i think the mm. purpose becomes a very self-fulfilling mm. prophecy actually mm, yeah because the stories we tell ourselves individually as a group at some point we start to believe them and so you better choose carefully what story you tell yourself. Yeah, and, and you create your habits on that story and, and you exactly. create your own paradigm. And uh, as all paradigms, the problem with all paradigms is that you get a little bit dogmatic <laughs> and that's the only truth you, you can see at some point. Mm-hmm. I, I've wrote down here uh, something we, we just touched upon, the new we. We, we. we were also into it right now when we talked about how do you work in, in teams and organizations where no one is the only one that can take decisions and 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 uh, where where uh, decision taking is distributed and and responsibility is distributed mm-hmm. and but at the same time i'm i'm i i i wouldn't li- like to lose myself how can i bring that in yeah we shouldn't definitely forgot about the individual i see a lot of organizations or you know maybe you can also call it with a spirited touch uh, um, people that believe in in cosmic connections or whatever but what i want to say is that we shouldn't forget about the individual and i think it would be um, the worst thing to kill our kill our own ego and then to really get rid of totally our own identity Mm. Um, because we are individuals we experience the world individually but there is another dimension to this we are not as separate as it is might appear to our own eyes yeah and when i when i used at least to think about me and we was that there were opposites on a scale but what happens if i take take myself and i put it into the context of we and i say that one doesn't exclude the other no i think i mean when i talk about us for instance now in this room it's uh, Jens, Michael, who is the producer of the Facebook live stream, <laughs> and it's me, Stellan, here. I am part of the we, but at the same time, we in this room is also part of me. Hmm. I mean, you are a part of my world right now, so already at that level, it's in both ways. Yeah, we create I'm, something I'm together, something, and it affects yeah. you again on mm. an individual basis, yes. definitely. So it's already twofolded, uh, at least. <laughs> at least twofolded, <laughs> twofolded yeah. yeah. Probably many ways. Okay, so uh, Mike reminded us here uh, before that maybe we should give some... Where do you read more? I mean, Google is one thing. You could, of <laughs> course, Google the teal concept and, and, and you can find more about... There's a book, you, the one you... Reinventing Organizations, Frederick Laloux. Hmm? I mean, it's basically 
containing everything we talked about, mm. the development stages, and and also giving very concrete examples of uh, how you can, uh, how it is applied, how mm. are those you know principles applied on a mm. daily basis in an organizational context. And uh, if if you want to know more, you can also there is also. Um, Uh, it's it's in Swedish uh, right now, but uh, this book w- where some of us uh, you know, wrote this a couple of years ago about uh, intentional decisions, and there is a, a English version coming up, and and it it includes those thoughts and embraces them and puts them in in a wider context in in a world view model, and um, we also spoke about various mod not models more tools uh, we talked about liberating structures mm-hmm. there is an app for that there's yeah. an app for everything <laughs> i mean it's super a great way mm. to to facilitate meetings to tap into um yeah hidden knowledge in an organization to really make everybody engaged even the people that you know normally don't speak up in a in a in a meeting so so if you host a meeting or you or organize it or or, or you're responsible for the agenda or anything like that you can use those Uh, there are from small exercises to large workshops in in this app about liberating structures to 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 get the potential from from everyone in the meeting yeah so, yeah okay we also mentioned out of hosting as a um, a group of techniques uh, within the uh, principles of of hosting and um, you can google that of course and, and and there are other books i mean there's also robert keegan working mm. on on second tier or third tier even organizations that's what it's also called um there's one guy which is very doing very interesting work and it's uh, jan eperon it's called mm. holy crazy mm-hmm. so not holy crazy the you know governance model no. but holy crazy <laughs> okay and um mm. I, it I is must f- find that book. <laughs> that sounds it's it's not a book. I think it's okay. just a word mm. document at this point in time. Mm. But he's bringing actually forward a lot of things or a lot of thoughts and, and very concrete practices of what we have talked about right now in in this turquoise turquoise um, environment. Mm, those uh, maybe loveful organizations, empathic mm-hmm. at least. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so we're we're about to to tie this program up and and finalize it and uh, would you say that there are topics that we you should we should shouldn't forget before we close down for tonight and say good night to everyone hmm. mm-hmm. i think one one thing that i want to still give or um, you know bring bring to our awareness is that we always identify a lot with the ego and for a lot of people it is difficult to let go of the ego um but And the ego essentially, you know, sticks to the identity we have of ourselves. So it sticks to something that is very rigid, I would say. And it it, it does that because it wants to create, uh, so it wants to um, protect ourselves. Mm. But what if the ego is not something that is really created, you know, individually by ourselves? Mm. So that, but mm. the ego is actually something that it is created through the interplay and connectedness mm. of the people around you. You can ask yourself, if you would be the only person in, in the world, would you ever ask yourself, who are you? Probably not, mm. because there's no reason to do that. Mm. You only ask yourself, who am I if I meet other people? Mm. You have so, to relate to someone. And, and exactly. that's the same thing. We, we actually had this 
in in the one well the first program here when Per Johansson was here about an environment. An environment can only exist if if someone is is experiencing the environment. Otherwise, it's like a yeah. non non interesting word. I don't know <laughs> what it means then. And it's the same here. You can't relate to someone if you don't relate. You have to relate yourself to relate. Yeah, to you yourself. can only see how human you are if you are, mm. you know, if another person mirrors that humanness towards mm. you, uh, back to you. And there's a in- very interesting book written by David, uh, sorry, Matthew Lieberman, and it's called Social: Why Our Brains Are Wired to Connect. So mm. that is something I mm. can also recommend. Okay. Thank you very much, Jens, for for being our guest here tonight on on the radio show. Uh, next week we uh, will be back in Swedish. So this is uh, the first program in for an international audience in in English. And if you like more of those, please help us to to provide this to the world. Uh, there are definitely many people out there that have good ideas that could be part of this ideas. Uh, called Intentional Decisions. Uh, but next week we have a guest here called Elsa Calais and we're going to talk about intentional decisions within um, when you create business and also when you create a society. So that's what we're going to talk about uh, next week. So uh, st- I think I can definitely improve my, my Swedish skills there and uh, yeah, listen yeah, to that. Yeah, definitely. Sounds very definitely. interesting. And uh, I, I would also say after this program, I want you to, to see if there is any question you want to, to post to Elsa. Mm-hmm. So we can write it down. I can translate it into Swedish <laughs> and I will post it to Elsa next, okay. next week. So for all your listeners and, and um, uh, Facebook live streams viewers out there and definitely on, on Acast and, and Podcaster and, and um, on SoundCloud, uh, feel free to uh, help us to provide this kind of topics to the world. Um, help us with, um, yeah, with everything, basically. We need context, we need ideas, we need um, themes to, to talk about and We also need some kind of money to to get this going around. So thank you everyone for listening tonight and thank you Jens once more for coming here. Thank you so much for inviting me and having me. Skeppet att säga annat är justitiemål Nu är vi här för att ge en ton Till intention och intervjuion Från bäst i världen till bäst för världen Radio medvetna val Från bäst i världen till bäst för världen Radio medvetna val